Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Kane scores, but Detroit loses Dylan Larkin in a scary accident during an emotional loss to the Senators. Your Lockdown Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. We are pod, I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scott is host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, on today's episode, guys, just to give you a quick rundown of what we're going to do. Obviously, we have a game preview in segment three. They're going to play Dallas tonight by the time you're listening to this. Um, but the first, the, the bulk of this episode, I feel like, is going to be talking about a few key plays of that game against the Senators. Because in regards to the game itself, you had nine forwards, eight forwards at point. There's really not a lot to talk about. It's really It's an uphill battle trying to win that hockey game. Uh, in that type of situation, but there's just obviously some key moments that we are going to talk about, Scotty. And, you know, I think the most important thing for us to lead off with is talking about the scary situation with Dylan Larkin and then the subsequent follow-up uh, by David Perron. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I would, uh, I would call it terrifying. It was yes. very, very scary there. Uh, just seeing a scrum in front of the net and then just seeing, like no movement face down, you know, Dylan Larkin. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, obviously a lot of repercussions have come from it. Like the ripple effect around that has been a league wide discussion. There's a lot in regards to intent and NHL player safety and Perron's retaliation, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know where you want to start. Uh, I think that really, I feel like this conversation is going to sound very similar to the one we ironically just had on Friday, where we or Thursday, whenever that was, uh, when we were talking about the lack of consistency from the NHL. Um, I, I don't know anybody who sees what Perron did and in a vacuum doesn't be like, yeah, like he should probably go talk to somebody about it. It's just the lack of consistency on a player that actually did have a terrifying incident on a repeat offender to literally the same player, a repeat offender, mm -hmm. not even just like a repeat offender in general, like literally on Larkin specifically a repeat offender. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is an episode. I know we said it off air too, right before this is an episode. I'm very glad we had a day to kind of digest because I, <laughs> Uh, I, I know you and I, much like a lot of uh, the fan base, was pretty fired up. After, you know me, uh, man. I would have come on here and I would have just been ripping things apart. And then like 20 minutes later, I would have texted you and be like, you don't think I was too emotional, do you? Uh, <laughs> so I listen. First of all, the most important thing to say is all scans on Dylan Larkin reported by Kevin Weeks, at least, have come back clear. Um, yep. Nothing is broken. Nothing is sprained, according to uh Kevin Weeks's report. What happened to Dylan Larkin? There's no timeline for his return. So we can all kind of, you know, not to say breathe a sigh of relief because he's still hurt and he still got knocked out on the ice and it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. But to know that there's not anything more 
added on after yeah. the fact, you know, not more bad news coming is a little bit of a weight off the shoulders of Red Wings fans. And I mean, this cannot happen to a guy who's going through it worst right now. I mean, he just went through a terrible tragedy in his family life. And now he comes out here and he gets it knocked out cold in the first few minutes of this hockey game. I just, again, it just, again, this keeps happening to Dylan Larkin where it's right to the neck and there's just zero discipline by the league and by refing. I mean, I know there were two minute minors given to both Kelly and Joseph, but I don't know why it is just open season on Dylan Larkin's head and neck. And just the league looks at it and goes, yeah, that's a minor or not any penalty whatsoever. And he's always, the crazy thing is he's always on career pace to do something like he was on pace to have like almost a 90 point season when this happened, he's always finding a groove and some dirty play knocks him out. And I know what the, the stuff with Joseph, right? Like that's, that's frustrating. And I'm trying right now really hard to like say very carefully what I want to say. Right. The stuff with Matthew Joseph, is it sucks. Like, this is a guy who's done this to Dylan Larkin multiple times. One thing I'm not sure of, I don't know if Joseph turns around and knows that's Larkin. I, I don't know if, if he just turns around and he just hitting the first guy he saw. That doesn't matter, though. The, the point here is, is Dylan Larkin was hit in the head by two separate players, two separate head and neck contacts, knocked him out cold on the ice, and all they got out of that were minor penalties. And if you're a Detroit Red Wings fan and you're looking at, or if you're a referee rather, and you're looking at these and you, my problem here is, is I feel that they ruled this as if this happened in a vacuum. Like each of these instances were separate instances. If this would have happened along the boards and Dylan Larkin just took like a fist to the back of the head and he was perfectly fine. Would that have been a minor for roughing? Probably. But the problem is, is this didn't happen in a vacuum. Two players made head contact or neck contact to Dylan Larkin at the same time, knocking him unconscious in what universe is that at least not a five minute major. If the NHL is parroting so hard that they want to increase player safety yet for the third time in Dylan Larkin's career, he has been targeted in the head or the neck area, knocking him out of the game, knocking him out clean, like legitimately in this game. And yet, they continue to say that's not a big deal. Meanwhile, they just, I just, the inconsistency is crazy. And as far as the David Perron stuff goes, Scotty, I have no qualms with him getting kicked out of that game. What David Perron did was dangerous and unnecessary. Not saying that him going after a guy in response to protecting his captain is unnecessary, but the action he took. For that, yeah, well, and you know, also it's very fair to point out he went after a innocent party in a vacuum as well. Like, okay, but and see, here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna compare it to a situation Red Wings saw a little a couple games ago. Remember when Gossis Bear got creamed in the corner, and Clean Cosson didn't see yeah, it, yeah. just heard it, turned around, dropped the gloves well, on the nearest guy. Again, I have no issue with Perron standing up for Larkin and just exactly. going to to like try and. Whatever. Like, he went about it. I'm just saying that the the optics in the league's eyes of like what he did, like stick to the face of a guy who wasn't a part of the Larkin yeah. situation, is not going to help his cause. I, no. I have no issue with the the scrum after and, and trying to to stand up for uh, 
for your captain there, but like obviously the action he took was extremely aggressive and he's going to get suspended. And I don't think that anybody in the Red Wings organization is going to tell you that that's unfair or unjustified. No. And I have, like I said, I have no problems with David Perron standing up for his teammate. I, I understand he, you're seeing red, you turn around, Artem Zoom is standing over Dylan Larkin. You think that's the guy who did it to him. Sure. It's the way he went about it. That was wrong. And is going to, he has an in-person hearing as of right now, 440 on a Sunday when we're recording this, is an in-person hearing. And when you're offered an in-person hearing, that means you could be suspended past upwards and above of six games. Right. I don't know if he gets that many games because David, I, as far as I'm aware, he doesn't have a history of this. I may be mistaken. Maybe he has a suspension history, but he doesn't strike me as a very physical player in that regard. Yeah. It's just when Clem Costin saw what Gosses, what had happened to Gosses Barrett, heard it, he dropped the gloves. That's what David Perron should have done. That's the action he should have took. But I understand emotions are, are riding high. I don't condone the action he took in that moment, but I do not think I'm okay with him standing up for his captain, but not the way he went about it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Deserve it of a suspension, but it's just the, the Larkin stuff drives me nuts. I mean, how do you see a guy get hit in the head from both sides and both those guys get a minor? And that's an instance where the, the referees made a decision to get, let this game get out of hand. And I fortunately, I don't think that it did because the Red Wings are so dog-tired that they couldn't get let it get out of hand. Well, yeah, and, and just yeah, they, they were, A, very tired because they're down at that point three, even at one point four forwards. Like, yeah, like obviously that's going to that's gonna play into it as well. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I just uh, – there, there wasn't a ton of like until the Christian Fisher fight at the end, like there wasn't a ton of like retaliation. I, I feel like that fight should have happened like much earlier on. If you yeah. were going to do it, I, I thought, and not, I mean, I, 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 I supported it. Good job. Good job fish. But like, I feel like that should have happened like way earlier. I don't know, man. It, it's just, uh, while watching this hockey game, I was unbelievably frustrated. And after losing, I wasn't even mad. I was just absolutely deflated. Yeah. I, I was just the the wind was taken out of the sails for me. I uh, it was a very very frustrating game, start to finish, with with everything that happened. And I mean, I guess to summarize it, because I know I was probably a little unclear through this segment because I'm still processing my thoughts on this whole situation. But basically, I don't have a problem with them kicking out Peron. I don't have a problem with him having a suspension. Um, I also don't have a problem with Peron standing up for his teammate. I just have a problem with the action that he took in yeah. doing so. Um, and as far as the Larkin thing goes, like you can't give one headshot a five minute major and then look past two back-to-back headshots that knocked a player unconscious. Well, it's just so like it's just all the criteria that the NHL player safety department says in terms of like what they consider for suspensions, like it checks all the boxes. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's head, it's back of the head. It's like eyes looking at back of the head. It's repeat offender. It's repeat offender on the same player. Mm -hmm. Like it, it literally checks every box and it just, um, yeah. Minor for roughing. So, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, I guess we'll continue this conversation. Talk about a couple of the other key moments in this hockey game. So stay tuned to segment two of Lockdown Red Wings. 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, and exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, did you see what happened in the Predators-Blue Jackets game on earlier on Sunday? The Cousins hit on Goodbranson? I sure did. I saw it, yeah, and then the retaliation, obviously. What was that, a period later? Uh-huh, and you want to know why that happened? Well, the refs, all right, it, it was completely – and, like, that's the thing that we we talked about we might have hinted at earlier was, like, the the – game you know policing itself as people like always say and and you know the retaliations and whatnot like if if stuff isn't called or if stuff isn't called as you know like uh, aggressively as people deem fit then like that's the kind of retaliation that's the kind of ripple effect that's going to happen yeah and for those who didn't see it and you should go check it out it's it's crazy uh cousins destroyed cousins of the predators destroyed good branson and the blue jackets just destroyed him from behind um Good Branson got up, dropped the gloves, tried to fight him. They initially assessed a five-minute major to Cousins and then rescinded it to a two-minute minor. Sound familiar? Uh, and then so a period later, later, like Scotty said, Cousins was coming down the wing. Good Branson just dropped the gloves, tackled him, and started beating on him. Yeah. And this is the type of situation we are talking about where the NHL referees decide that they're just going to allow it to be the Wild West, therefore inviting more injuries to the game. If the referees do their jobs, then this type of situation doesn't happen. It just it, it's infuriating that the league goes out there and they parrot that they are all in on player safety and they want to protect players. Yet when players get hurt or are put in situations in dangerous situations where they can get hurt, they do the bare minimum, if anything at all, the players. I'm just so incredibly frustrated, Scotty, that yet again, Dylan Larkin is hit to the head or hit in the neck. And nothing. Jamie Ben, Jamie Ben, Matthew Joseph, and now Matthew Joseph again. I, it just gets really old, really frustrating that these plays keep happening, and the NHL doesn't do anything to protect its players. And it's also frustrating the NHLPA doesn't do anything to protect its players. Like that's actually the union's job. The union's job is to raise issue with these types of situations, and they haven't been doing it. I, again, I'm not. I'm not going to come out here and defend what David Perron did. I'm not. But it's just yeah, because what he what the action, <laughs> I have no problem with him standing up for his teammate. I have a problem with the way he did it there. That's clear cut. He's going to get suspended and he's going to deserve the suspension. But just the fact that oh, so frustrated, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. Now we need to move on. I'm sorry, Scotty. Anyways, um, for a brief moment, a shining, beautiful moment. I thought the Red Wings were going to win this hockey game. Uh, right after they finally got back to playing the game, Red Wings are on a power play. Patrick Kane gets a feed from Alex to bring it and absolutely rifles it home for his first goal of a red as a red wing. 
Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinka looked good all game. Eight forwards and Patrick Kane in the second game back after hip resurfacing surgery looked dangerous. And he and Dabrinka continue to build that chemistry. I, I'm really happy for Patrick Kane. I thought that that was going to be, you know, who better to lead the Red Wings to a comeback victory after you lost your captain than a three-time Stanley Cup winner, Hart Trophy winner, future Hall of Famer, comeback story, veteran in Patrick Kane, right? Like in that brief moment when he scored that goal, I was like, this game is ours. But then I remember that they had eight forwards and so that it was going to be an uphill battle. But I mean, literally, it, it was a great moment and that was a shot in the arm the team needed. But unfortunately, again, like, and this is why I'm not going to harp too hard on the Red Wings for losing five to one, eight forwards. It's it's n- near impossible to win a game like that. Correct. <laughs> I, I, I agree with everything you said. I uh, Obviously, the, the Kane moment was really, really cool. He almost had another one earlier too, right? That he, he just couldn't lift the puck there on that pass from Debrinket yeah. a few minutes earlier. So I'm glad that he finally got that uh, got that off his back. You know, he, he's gonna be able to uh, hopefully with a little bit of lighter shoulders now feel a little more comfortable out there. I thought he looked really good in, oh, yeah. in this game. I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, again, like clearly he's just like not as fast on the skates as he used to be, but like he is still everything with uh, just like decision-making and passing decisions. And they're, they're, they're so clean and so crisp and just like smart. Like, even if it's not like the, like, like the, the decisions he makes are just like the right decisions. Um, it's, it, it's really impressive to watch him out there. He's still got great puck handling skills. Um, he, he is still, he, he still has some left in the tank. And, even, uh, did you see him even back check and lift that stick and take that? Yeah, man. Away? It was yeah. funny. He was laughing about it on the bench, and the broadcast was like, who says Patrick Kane can't play defense? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, I, uh, I I think he looked really good. I think that if he he played a, a solid, like, minute more than he did, uh, than is uh, on, on game one as well, minute, minute and a half more than he did before. So I'm glad to see him get uh, – continue to kind of quote unquote ease back into it. But yeah, it was, uh, was great to see him look the way he did. And I hope that it's a sign of, of things to come. Yeah. I mean, behind Alex to who had 15 minutes, he had the most ice time as a five forward at five on five. Like they're not easing him back in. They're basically like, okay, Patrick Kane, sorry, but now we need you. <laughs> this was a game right, where yeah, they were like nine forwards, dude. Sorry. Right. Sorry. You're not going to get any breaks in this game, but I will say, I mean, his acceleration, you know, Obviously isn't that great, but again, 35 years old, coming off hip resurfacing surgery, second game back, that's going to take time. But his yeah, top yeah. speed, I have no through, issue with it. He came flying through the neutral zone a couple times. Like he's clearly like every single game he plays and how good he looks in that offensive zone. Because getting through the neutral zone, I'm like more and more. I'm like he might be the exception to the rule. Two games, he looks so dangerous. I'm not. Yeah, he, he looks, looks but he just looks he looks dangerous. Um, I also thought. Jake Wallman, after having a bad game, he Jake Wallman went from being the seventh D man coming into this game, seventh D man in air quotes, uh, to playing the most ice time at five on five out of any defenseman. And he paired most of the time with Mort Sider yet again. That pair gets back together. He and Sider, all things considered, look great. And then Ben Sherratt. What who is this Ben Sherratt that we've been seeing? Like, and we've been kind of downplaying a little bit in recent games, like because we're so we've been hurt before, right? We've been hurt before by Ben Sherratt having a good game here and there. And we talk about how his usage gets a lot of the offensive zone faceoffs. Jake Wallman and Moritz are getting almost all of the defensive zone faceoffs, it seems. Um, and also just like the block shots, but not necessarily preventing the zone entries. You know, you weight the importance of each of those. Uh, but 
I, I got to admit, like in recent games, he's been looking really good. And in this game in particular, when the team was down as many players as they were, Ben Sherratt an expected goals for percentage of 52.6 and relative 9% to his teammates. Like he's, he's, kind, like, he's stepping up in the offensive zone. He's making plays. Who is this Ben Sherratt? Like I can't, I'm going to give him his credit. He's been good the last few games. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We, uh, this is like three or four games running now where I think he's looked pretty darn good. So, um, also Joe Valeno stepping up in a big way, this team down without JT Comfer, without Dylan Larkin, Joe Valeno becomes your one C. Uh, and I thought he laid it all out on the ice, man. Obviously, you know, not, he didn't have like the best game in the world, but expected like he had a 60%, 67% share. I expected goals, four percentage, the second best on the team. He generated a 1.01 expected goals for his line when he was on the ice. The team generated rather 1.1 expected goals uh, at five on five and only had half a goal against expected at five on five. Yeah. Second best player on the team right behind Jake Wallman, 39% relative. You know, he just continues every single game to build on that confidence, get faster through the neutral zone, use his legs to drive plays, which is what Derek Lowen wanted from him on a center, centering a line between Debrinkin and his Patrick Kane is get up ahead of the play and create space for Patrick Kane to do Patrick Kane things. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I again, like you were just really on the on the short end of the stick here, man. Like you you really <laughs> You, this this was going to be an uphill battle, yeah. um, but uh, I, I think all things considered, you know, it's hard to look at a four to one game and be like, hey, I thought, you know, I, I'm not going to say they looked good. It's just like that was a that's a heck of an uphill battle, especially given how it all broke down. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take another quick reprieve. And when we come back, we're going to do segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Uh, talk about the Alex Lyon situation uh, as well as preview the game against the Dallas Stars. So stay tuned for Lockdown Red Wings. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. You know, Patrick Kane could, could come out here and end up being point per game the rest of the way. Nothing's impossible as the Red Wings continue their journey towards another Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Kane, Debrinkit, or Raymond will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll start and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. The last thing I want to get to as far as this game in particular goes is Alex Line getting pulled after the second period. And you Because you already mentioned... You know, Christian Fisher stepping up, and I agree with you. Like, I would have loved to see that happen earlier in the hockey game. And also, uh, in the end, I still am happy that he did it. And Matthew Joseph, you know, he answered the bell. He got a fight. Fisher got a few licks in. Uh, so it was kind of something that just needed to happen to get the, the nasty taste out of the mouth, even though it really didn't. I, I, like, I still had that gross feeling. But it needed to happen way earlier. But I'm glad, just glad that it, two periods earlier. Yeah, I'm just glad that it did happen because Costin didn't play because he was sick. 
So somebody had to step up and be that guy. It should have happened earlier, but it's like the worst timing ever. Right. Props to Fisher for doing it regardless. Uh, Alex line got pulled in this hockey game. Scotty. He uh, wasn't great. He finally came back down to earth. We knew it was going to happen. He wasn't going to maintain a nine, five, seven safe percentage throughout the rest of the the season. Uh, At least softies, man. A couple of softies. The one against Vladimir Tarasenko on the sense power play off the phantom. Michael Rasmussen high sticking. Just absolutely more, just more in abysmal refing. That that stick never hit him in the face. It would the ref was behind the the plane. The the player happened against sold it. Stick never even hit him. It was crazy. Uh, but anyways, Vladimir Tarasenko just took a one timer, never left the ice, and it just got underneath Alex Lyon's pad. And then the Dominic Kubalik one, he didn't get over in time. Like he it was weird. Like it almost looked like he dug in weird when he went to yeah. lateral and just didn't make it over. And then the Stutz, the one, not really a ton of blame, really. He didn't play it well, but it was also why did Stutz get behind the Red Wings defense so easily? Why did the Red Wings turn it over at the top of the defensive zone? But they decided to pull him at the start of the second, start of the third, for the start of the third. At first, Scotty, I was like, wow, they're going to pull Lyon after a bad game, but they're not going to pull Huso. But I think I get it in hindsight, you know? Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like my my reaction to that was like, okay, you know, I, I that was. I think I texted you when we were talking about it during the game. I was I like, you just said, "LOL." Yeah, but I, I think I was like, that's like ninth on the list of reasons as to like why we're oh, in this situation. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like pulling the like, okay, like sure, I. You know, if, if that's if that's what you, you, you think you want to do and you think that that's what's going to help this situation, I guess, go for it. But that that was not even in the top five reasons as to why we ended up in the situation we were in. You know, like Lyon, did he have a great game? No, but uh, I, Lyon's nowhere near the top of the list of, of the reasons as to why we were down for nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I'm not trying to blame Lyon whatsoever. He had a soft game. Honestly, I think this is because Lyon was rattled more than anyone on the ice in sure. terms of what had happened. Because, and like, we don't mean to, that's the thing too, is like what happened to Larkin was legitimately terrifying. Yeah. When he didn't move for a solid 30 seconds, there was a part of my brain that was like, did the worst just happen? Yeah. Because yeah. he just wasn't moving. Thankfully, he was able to leave mostly under his own power. He was helped, but he didn't have to be stretchered off. So it makes sense that players would get rattled. Players would get pissed. And so, yeah, Lyon had a bad game, but it's not like the reason the Red Wings lost. They were they had nine forwards, eight forwards at time. They were gassed. It was just it was. That's why I at the end of the game I tweeted. I'm like this does this whole game doesn't matter. This loss doesn't matter. Well, matters now is Larkin's health. Yeah. Um, the only thing I don't really get about this because I understand. You pull Lyon because Lyon may couldn't make some saves on like low danger shots or medium danger shots. Whereas at least with who sold the game prior, all those were high danger opportunities for the Sharks. It would have been great if he could have made one clutch save and he didn't. All four of those opportunities went in, but they were high danger opportunities from the wings just blowing coverage, letting these guys come right in on him. Um, but that wasn't the reason that Derek Lalonde gave in post game. He didn't say it was, well, we didn't like what we saw to lie in. He let in a couple of ones that we think we, he should have had. He said that his reasoning for putting Reimer into the third was because he wanted Reimer to get some touches, not because of Lyon's performance. And that was a really weird reasoning to me because it almost comes across to me. Like when you pull the starters in a football game, when you're down like, 
40. Right. Like that's it, what it felt. That's what the, and like that, maybe that's not what he meant, but you know, that's, that's what it that's felt my, like. That's my interpretation. That's our interpretation of a quote. Um, not trying to, you know, put, put thoughts or, or words into the loan's mouth there, but like, that's, that's certainly what it, what it uh, came across as to us. Like that was, and like you're um, down four to one, which is a pretty big deficit. Yeah. And you look at your bench and things look bleak, but, and again, that's just our interpretation of it. Right. Like that's, yeah, and, and that's again, like came I came across to us, but an episode ago, right. An episode ago, I said that I, I, I wanted to get all three goalies opportunity. And like, I guess that that's one way to do it, I, I guess. Uh, but you know what I mean? But like, I, I, I don't know. I, again, th- this is, you know, however you feel about it, fine. Like this is so not on like the, the forefront of my brain when I think about this hockey game, like I'm not going to remember this game and be like, Oh, remember the goalie situation that night? Like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's like, sure, man. I, there's, there's eight other things at least that are, that are ahead of, of this. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all eight forwards, nine forwards. I thought the Red Wings showed heart and hustle Obviously, the score doesn't show it, but they did the best they could with what they had, and the thoughts are obviously that entire game with Dylan Larkin as he continues his recovery, and we hope here in Lockdown Red Wings that he is okay. Um, but, Scotty, that leaves a big hole for the Red Wings going into Dallas on Monday night. Uh, the Red Wings will be obviously without Dylan Larkin. I foresee a David Perron suspension probably at least two games, probably more in all reality. I would suspect, honestly, somewhere between four and six games is what David Prom's going to get, if you're asking me. I, would, like, I, I think it's going to be, yeah, like five, give or take a game. Yeah. So the Red Wings are down forwards. And if JT Comfort's still hurt and Clean Costin is still sick, as that's going around the locker room, Derek Lalone needed cough drops during the post-game press conference. Everyone is sick right now. So there's a lot of holes in that lineup that was so deep just two games ago. And the Grand Rapids Griffins played on Sunday, and there were players not in the lineup named Jonathan Bergen and Austin Zarnick as they moved, made roster moves with the walleye to fill their holes uh, as a preemptive move before yeah. call-ups are made. And it sounds like it's going to be at least Zarnick and Bergen because you know for sure you have two holes in that lineup with Larkin and Perron out. Yeah, this is why I continuously tell people every offseason that too much depth is not a problem and you are not blocking anybody in an NHL lineup. (laughs) This is why, because you can lose three to four forwards in 24 hours. (laughs) That is the game of hockey. That is why I like, I I never cared about like Bergeron not getting a spot on opening night and like, Oh, they signed a bunch of people and they blocked him. Like, here we go. Like that (laughs) immediately that, that four, four forwards evaporated in a span of a weekend. Like that is why it's, it's, it's never a bad thing to have depth. Um, and, and it's something that I, I am, am glad that was a priority this summer. Um, yeah, man, I, I have no clue what these lines are going to look like. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Comfort's out, Valeno's your one C I'm relatively confident in that. If he's not out, then Comfort's your one C Valeno's your two C Cops, your three C Rasmussen or Fisher. And, and I, I would imagine Fisher is, is your four or you uh, call up Zarnik and that's your four C. Sure. Yeah, I, I guess I, and like, I don't know. This sucks and I hate it. It's a downer of an episode. And again, I'm really glad that we had a whole day to digest it. Um, because the stars are also a good freaking hockey team, man. Like, 
<laughs> Listen, you know, this team is this team's 15, 8, and 3. The wings are 14, 8, and 4. So you're, you know, around a game from them. Like this is a good offense. This is one of the the better uh like special teams units in the entire NHL, eighth in power play, fourth in penalty kill. Um I, like you, we know obviously goaltending around the NHL is down, but like Ottinger can, you know, flip of a snap of a fingers can be something on any, on any given night. Uh, this is a, an offense that has the ability to put up a lot of goals, right? Like we, 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 I don't know, man. Like I, I just, I, I love watching Robertson play. He, I think he's one of the premier like young talents in this league. This is, this is just like, your last two losses going into this game against a good team that I'm pretty sure you and I have in the Stanley Cup, according to our preseason mm-hmm. predictions, by the way, like a really good hockey team. Um, this is a game in which your last two have been the most deflating loss to the season to arguably your your biggest rival, if you want to call it that, with your captain getting like like very scarily injured. And then the game before was blowing a 4 nothing lead in half a period to the worst team in the NHL. And now you have to go out there and, and go on the road against one of the best teams in, in uh, I was going to say, in the NHL, and then I was going to take it back. But like, No, you're right. They are no, one of the best teams in the NHL. This is one of the better teams in the league. And, they are, they are. and that is what you're, you're riding in on. That's they the horse you're riding in on is those last two hockey games. Like, this blows. Like mm-hmm. that, that's my, that's my take of this entire thing. Right. Like I, we, we, you know, we talked about like the intricacies and the ins and outs of, of, you know, like we, we, we don't support what Perron did like Larkin and, and the Matthew situation or, and, and, and like, we talk about all of this, the, the, the TLDR is just like, this blows, like this sucks. No, like this is just the worst. That's how I feel. That's 35 minutes wrapped up into one sentence. This sucks. Scotty, the way I'll frame this, just because, you know, you're, I, and understandably so, you're frustrated right now. It's a bummer. Uh, listen, if the Sharks can make a come, make a comeback on a 4 nothing deficit and beat the Red Wings in overtime, the Red Wings, with decimated forward depth, can upset the, the Dallas Stars. This is the NHL, man. Like any game given game. It's the game of hockey. And yes, the Dallas Stars, top 10 in both power play and penalty kill. Top 10 in Corsi 4 percentage. They're 10th at 5-on-5 shot attempts, and they're fifth at quality shot attempts at five on five. They are a well-rounded, complete hockey team, but just how people don't think the San Jose Sharks should ever win a hockey game. Well, guess what? They're winning hockey games. This is where we find out what the Red Wings are made of. This is where we find out if the culture that Derek alone is building is gluing. This is where we find out who's going to step up and be the next big player for the Detroit Red Wings. I think we're going to need big games from guys like Lucas Raymond, Patrick Kane, and Alex Dabrinkit on the forward core. And defensively, you need Mort Sider, Jake Wallman, and hell, even Ben Sherratt and Jeff Petrie to really step up. Like, this is where it we're going to find out who's who. Teams go through adversity every single year. The Red Wings are not exempt from that. Absolutely. We've played without Dylan Larkin before. As I mentioned earlier, every single time Dylan Larkin's on pace to break some kind of season record, or career uh, career personal record, he gets hurt. Not through any fault of his own. This just keeps happening to him. He keeps getting targeted. I don't know why. But the team is forced to play without him every year. And every year, we find out who's going to step up. And we're going to find out again. This is the game of hockey, baby. Any team can win any game on any given day. I'm not writing off the Red Wings against the Dallas Stars. It'll be an uphill battle. But 
who knows? Maybe Jonathan Bergen comes up and he just lights it on fire like he did last year. Maybe Austin Zarnick comes comes up and he just cements that fourth line. Don't Maybe we see Elmer Soderblom or at Mark uh, Zach Aston Reese. You know, it, we don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, it's a bummer, and the odds are stacked against the Red Wings. But until the game is played, anything's possible. I agree, brother. So that'll do it for this episode, Scotty. We got to send it off again. Thoughts, prayers. Well wishes towards Dylan Larkin as he continues, you know, to recover. Hope he gets back on the ice soon, but not too soon. Hope he takes his time. Yeah. However much time is, uh, again, not, we, we don't know like the extent of everything. We don't exactly know everything. Um, but initial signs look, look decent. So yes. Any final thoughts? We ball baby. I love that. Scott. will give me a wee ball. Even on episodes like this Be back with a game recap tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.